Welcome to the Road Sermon Podcast, where today Pastor Rick takes us on a profound journey inspired by Psalms 127. We'll explore the metaphorical significance of arrows in our lives, challenging our views on parenting and the warrior's role we play. This episode invites you to reflect, redefine, and release your purpose with love. Buckle up for an enlightening ride on the Road Sermon Podcast. We're in Psalm 127. If you're joining us online, thank you for making that choice. We have an online pastor waiting to engage with you. So you grab a Bible too, grab something you can write with. There'll be some things outside of your notes that you'll want to write down this morning. We're kicking off our annual series on parenting. Uh, This year, our passage is coming out of Psalm 127, where the scripture says that as arrows are in the hands of a warrior, right? Your Bible may say, and of a mighty man. Psalm 127, most people believe it was written by Solomon. There are some who believe it was written by David for Solomon. Either way, these are powerful words. Powerful words. So in preparing for this, we're going to be talking a lot about archery and arrows. A couple of things you need to know. Uh, Archery is probably the most difficult shooting sport to get involved in. Uh, Most people grab a bow and they try to pull it and say, I can't do this. It's because you don't pull with your arms, you pull with your back. It's a full body experience. It takes everything you have physically to be a good archer. Those who have become masters of the sport tell us that people quit because it takes so long to master the skill necessary to hit the target consistently, consistently, that change when it comes to archery happens very, very slowly, just like parenting. Uh, parenting will take everything you have to do it effectively. If you are not ready to give everything you have, do not become a parent. It takes all that you have to do it. Parenting requires patience. Change happens slowly in the life of a child. You parent for the long game. Sometimes the impact of parenting doesn't show up until a child reaches 30 or beyond. So for all of those of you still living under the illusion that 18 is the magic number, not not the magic number. Uh, No, the magic number just keeps moving further and further and further out. Uh, My days of using a bow are over. I'm too old. It hurts too much. You can do some things that cause a lot of pain when you bow hunt. So uh, it's hard, right? And I've moved on to the easier method, right? I've taken the path of least resistance called the crossbow. How many crossbows? All right. All right. Cross. By the way, appropriately, today is the first day of what? Bow season deer archery. First day, we're starting our, our series on that. We didn't plan it that way. All you guys, I like that. All you guys, so crossbows are a lot easier, right? You just cock it and shoot it. Not all the skill, not all the patience, not all the work, not all the pain. Unfortunately, what has happened to a lot of parents, instead of taking the path of the warrior, we've opted out for the easier path of the crossbow parent. I don't want to put the time into this. I can't deal with the pain of this. Change happens too slowly for me. So we're going to jump into our scripture today, and we're going to look. uh, Today's message is about the roles and responsibilities of parenting. So take your Bible, Psalm 127. We're going to focus on verses 3 
through 5. Follow along with me. Behold, children are a gift of the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior, yours may say mighty man, so are the children of one's youth. How blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. They will not be ashamed when they speak with their enemies in the gate. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you uh, for the time you've given us, the worship, the fellowship, all that you have blessed us with today. Uh, This is tough. Father, I pray that you would teach us. I pray that our hearts and minds would be open, Father, that uh, we would want to know how to do the best job possible with our children. Father, with our grandchildren, it really never ends. Father, we continue to parent until we leave this life in one way or another. So teach us, Father, as, uh, as I said earlier, we are just one more way we are lost without you. And what you've called us to do as parents. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're going to begin by talking about the reality that we are a warrior. What does it mean when God's word describes the role of parenting as a warrior? Uh, with a why of all the images, thousands and thousands of images that God could have chosen, why did he choose warrior as that picture of, of parenting? Well, here's the first reason. God chose warrior because we're in a war. The simple fact that the God's word says as arrows in the hands of a mighty warrior means if, we're, if God calls us warriors, we're in a war. And I know we have just finished up a, uh, an entire series on this topic. Uh, um, but still, it seems like we wait too long as parents to understand that there is a war going on for our families. And here's what most often happens. We look at our role as warrior and we think we're in a war with our kids. Look right up here at me. Right? Listen, I'll just be honest with you. I think for a good portion of my life, I felt like I was in a war with my kids. When I should have been in a war for my kids. Understand the difference. They're big. Right? Your warfare is not with that toddler. It's not with that teenager. It's not with that adult child. Your war is for your children. The scripture says that the weapons in the hand of this war, warrior are arrows. And those arrows are his children. So why, and, and try to see this culturally, right, for that day. Why of all the weapons that could have been chosen, was the arrow chosen? This is not in your notes and this deserves to be written down. I'll tell you when to write it. Don't write anything down yet. Just listen to me. He could have chosen a dagger. He could have chosen a sword. He could have chosen one of those things with the ball on the end of it that you swing around and around, right? There's just all kinds of weapons that he could have chosen to talk about parenting, but he chose the arrow. Why did he choose the arrow? Okay, all those other weapons are for close combat. Right, you got to be really close. The arrow extends the reach of the warrior. Listen to this, and I want to read it to you like I wrote it down. The arrow is about distance. It extends the reach of the warrior in both time, how long you will live, and impact where you will go. Get this. Your children extend the impact of your life beyond your lifetime and the impact of your life beyond your skill ability, right? Are you with me? Is that they're going to do 
more than you do. It's why the arrow was chosen. Now watch this. Make sure you get it because this is why we parent. It's not just about extending beyond your lifetime and your impact. This is kingdom of God stuff. This is about the kingdom of God, the impact for the kingdom being extended in both distance, time, and in reach. Your children will go where you cannot go. And they will do what you cannot do. That's why the arrow is chosen. That's what you're supposed to write down, by the way. So what kind of warrior are you going to be? We're going to focus on the warrior for a minute. You get to decide what kind of warrior you're going to be. Uh, there's a great verse in 2 Timothy 2, 4. It says, no man is a soldier in active service entangles himself with the affairs of this life lest he, so that he may please the one who's enlisted him as a soldier. So here's the deal. Paul wrote that. Paul understood what it meant to be a soldier. He was surrounded in that Roman world by soldiers. He understood that Jesus recruited him. That he lived to serve his master. That he had but one goal. To please his master. And he said, I will not let anything divert me from the call of warrior on my life. Well, as followers of Jesus, we're also warriors. But what kind of warrior are we going to be? Right? Do, do, do you understand that the warrior lives for the war? He trains for the war. He plans for the war. He dreams of the war. He lives for that moment of warfare. And that as a parent, what scripture says is that's got to be our attitude toward parenting. Is that we are warriors for our kids. So what is your reason for living? Right? What is it you get really excited about in life? Now this is going to sting a little bit. But uh, I, you know, mo most of my parenting stuff comes from the mistakes I made. Uh, I made a lot of mistakes parenting. And, and being able to share them with you, the reason I do that is to keep you, hopefully, from making the same one. So here we go, okay? A warrior is not a coach. If your reason for living is coaching that peewee football team, baseball team, basketball team, whatever it is you coach, the warrior who doesn't understand what he's called to will lose the war. Talk to a dad who thought his reason for living was coaching. Now, can a warrior coach? Sure. But your reason for living is not coaching. Your reason for living is you're a warrior. Leave the coaching to people who do not fight the war. Are you with me? A warrior is not a talent agent. Right? Because all the talented kids' parents are going, that's right. Right? Hey, I'm glad God blessed your kid with talent, but your purpose in life is not to promote that talent. Your purpose in life is to be a warrior. And a, a warrior who doesn't understand his purpose will lose the war. Ask other people who tried to live as talent agents. Find a parent. Straight up ask them. You don't understand why you're here, you'll lose the war. Now, can a warrior help their kid propel their talent? Sure they can, but that's not their reason for living. It's not their reason for living. Their reason for living is to go to war. For their child. The most feared warrior in all of history was the hoplite. It's a Greek warrior. The hoplite had two things he had a shield and a spear, and that was it. And, and he was easily defeated alone 
So the key to winning the war was never fight alone. And the most famous battle of the hoplites was a battle you're probably familiar with. It's called the Battle of Thermopylae. You may have known it from the movie 300. Listen to this. 300 Greek soldiers held off 300,000 Persian soldiers. For three days, and in three days, 300 hoplites killed 20,000 Persian soldiers. They understood why they existed. They had but one purpose in life. Is we're going to war. And what they were able to accomplish was incredible. So what are our roles and responsibilities in life? So we're going to press in just a little bit to some spiritual application. Listen to this. Make sure you understand how I'm saying this because we're going to talk about three roles and they all build on each other. Right? that, That the first one becomes the foundation for the second one, which becomes the foundation for the third one. Is that they are built on top of each other. There is a very clear hierarchy to these roles. And we're not ready for the next role until we have fulfilled the first role. So what's the first role? Well, the first role is a child. Now, watch, watch what happens in church. Look right up here at me. You can get this stuff. You can write it. You go to, to the our, uh, what's that place where our notes are at? The Bible app thing? Yeah, version. And all of our stuff, all the notes are already filled in. They're already filled in. So it's really important that you listen. Here's what church does. Church will tell you what your role is, and then they never tell you what your responsibility is. Who wants to go to heaven? I do. Okay. All we tell them is the role. We never tell them that the responsibility that comes from the, with the role is this. You want to go to heaven, you follow Jesus. There's your responsibility. So each of these roles has a responsibility. The first role is the role of a child, a child of God. And the responsibility of a child of God is to pursue Jesus. Every role comes with a responsibility. 1 Timothy 2, 4 says it's not, it's God's will that all men be saved. How many people does God want to know Jesus? All of them. Ezekiel chapter 18, verse 23 says that God has no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that he would turn from his ways and live. God wants everybody to know and follow Jesus. Not everybody wants to know and follow Jesus. And there's the struggle. There's a struggle. Once we become a follower of Jesus, our responsibility is to pursue him. Again, so here's what happens. Let's, let's step out of the spiritual world for a second. What happens in your home if you have a child, the role, and you give them no responsibilities? What do you do at your house? Nothing. You take out the trash? No, my parents do. Do you clean up your room? No, my mama does. Do you, do you do anything at your home? No, I'm just a child. All I got is a role. I don't have any responsibilities. What do you create when you do that? Well, you create a monster. If you didn't know that, I'm telling you. <laughs> you know what the church has created? A bunch of selfish monsters. Everybody wants to go to heaven. Nobody wants to pursue Jesus. So our role? Child. Our responsibility, pursue Jesus. Now, in a perfect world, this is the first thing that happens in life. But none of us live a perfect life. Nobody does. And sometimes we don't meet Jesus early in life. Sometimes we meet him late in life. So if things seem upside down in your life, maybe this is it. We're going to talk about how we resolve that. Because you build, first foundation, 
I'm a child of God. I respond, my responsibility to pursue Jesus. Second one, I'm a mate. The Bible clearly teaches that God ordained and instituted the family. That he created us, listen to me, to pursue each other. These build on each other. You don't meet somebody and quit pursuing Jesus. You pursue Jesus, you meet somebody, and then you pursue them and Jesus. That's how it works. They build on top of each other. The first one carries in two the second one. So in a perfect world, before you ever got married, you would have met Jesus and pursued him and been maturing in your faith. Wouldn't that have been great? Because here's what happens. You get married and marriage will reveal every weakness you have and every character flaw you have. Right? You are a selfish son of a gun. Marriage revealed that, right? Right? You're petty. Marriage revealed that. You don't forgive. Marriage revealed that. Marriage reveals every character flaw we have. But here's the truth. If we had then met Jesus and followed Jesus, Jesus deals with those character flaws. We're growing spiritually so that by the time we get married, we are miles ahead in life because we've already been maturing spiritually. Now we mature spiritually together. But it never happens that way, right? Lots of us got married and then met Jesus. So what do you do? You start where you are. Is it harder? Yes, it is. I'm not going to lie to you. Yes, it is. But it's better not doing it at all. It's better, it's better than just going, well, I quit. Pursue Jesus no matter when you meet him and then pursue him together when you're married. And that prepares us for the third role, and that is the role of parent. Uh, and the responsibility of the parent is to aim and release the child. All right. Would you agree with me? That Jesus prepares us for marriage. Knowing Jesus prepares us for marriage. Look up here at me. Did you agree with me? Okay, watch this. If you agree with that, then you have to understand that when you enter the world of parenting, it's not only going to take you and Jesus, it's going to take you, Jesus, and somebody else to survive. And I wish I had added a fourth thing here. I wish I had added the church. Because here's the truth. You're going to need everything you can to parent your children wisely and have them survive this war that we're in. So um, you say, well, pastor, I don't have any kids. Maybe, maybe that's God's plan for your life. Look, everybody is living out this same structure somewhere. If you're living out our plan for discipleship, we learn about Jesus to live like Jesus in order to lead people to Jesus. That's all this is. It does not have to be your biological offspring for you to be discipling them and parenting them. You can be pouring into life even if you didn't give life. That's how God's plan works. The hierarchy, we build on each stage. And then the next truth. This passage says that arrows are a weapon. So let's understand about something about the culture of this writing. When a man had kids, he had a lot of kids in this day, because his kids became his workforce and his defense force. That's the cultural reality of this. That is not that far removed from where we live now. You go back three generations, and that's where we were. My mama had 18 brothers and sisters, 18. 16 of them lived to adulthood. They worked a dairy farm, and they gave birth to what they called their hands. Right? Okay, so, so I want my grandpa, my grandpa was born in 1896. In 1896, that's how life was. Right? And, and here's the other thing. It wasn't just about workforce. You messed with one of them, you messed with... It's also about defense. 
It's the same. So, so here's, here's what the word of God is doing. It's taking a picture out of life and saying this is what parenting looks like. This is what parenting looks like. So nobody ever set me down as a parent and said to me, do you understand you're in a war for your kids? Nobody ever sat down with me and said, you're preparing your children to be warriors, and if you don't, they'll lose. And so I want you to hear me say this. So I made a lot of mistakes. I didn't protect my children as a warrior, and I did not teach them how to go to war. And you may be there too. We got a whole generation, a couple of generations that the church just absolutely did nothing to prepare families. And this is what the church does. We've gotten so comfortable and so prosperous that we didn't even believe we were in a war until this happens. Till you come home and your daughter has posted inappropriate pictures somewhere in social media land. Or you pick up her phone, she's sending them to her boyfriend or he's sending them to her. Or you go in your kid's room and you start finding stuff that you never dreamed you would find. Or you get a phone call from jail. And then all of a sudden, Christians realize they're in a war. And this is what we do. I can't believe what's happened in this world. I can't believe how bad this world is. This is, the, this is what drives people crazy about Christians. We're always talking about how bad the world is. You want to know what happened to the world is? What happened to the world? We quit being warriors. We got concerned about making more money and doing more fun things rather than going to war. And this is where we are. The war rages. This passage tells us that arrows are a blessing to the warrior. You know, I, I don't, I, never is it recorded that an arrow looked in his quiver and said, what am I going to do with all these dumb arrows? But listen to parents talk. These dumb kids are driving me crazy, right? Um, these dumb arrows are making my life so hard. I regret that I have all these. Never did a warrior go, I wish I didn't have so many arrows. No man, a, a warrior looks in that quiver, and if that quiver is full, and this is what the scripture says, he goes, dude, I'm in a good spot. I have a blessed life because my quiver is full. When you see yourself as a warrior, then your children become crucial to your existence. But listen to me, if you don't see yourself as a warrior, your arrows will become a burden. Hear me. You don't see yourself as a warrior. You wonder why you even have arrows. There are three roles that we fulfill, and these will move quickly in the life of our children. Number one, warriors shape the arrow. No arrow begins perfectly straight. Look up here at me. You and I, we go down to Walmart. You can choose Academy. You can choose all kinds of arrows. You pull them out. They're perfectly straight. They're made out of carbon. They're made out of aluminum. They're made out of all kinds of things. That is not what happened in this guy's life. This guy went out to some crooked tree somewhere. And he cut a limb off the tree. And he began the process of shaping the arrow. 
This is what God wants you to see. You did not get a straight stick. Your child was bent from the moment it came out of the room, womb. It was curved, right? Some kids are more bent than others. Yeah. <laughs> right? So here's what happens. You get, you get this kid, and it's just, it's just got these mild little bends in it, and you think you're a great parent. Wait till you have another kid. Because some of us have, have arrows that are bent in U-shape. It's like, what am I going to do to get this thing straightened out? Sound familiar? Watch this. So to straighten an arrow, you apply heat and moisture. You apply too much too quickly, you will break the arrow. Welcome to parenting. And there'll be some dads out there right now that should be going, I did it. Too much heat. Too quickly. And I need to look at my son or my daughter and say, I'm sorry. Because I tried to shape you too quickly and I didn't understand this is about the long game. I didn't understand my role as a warrior. Number two, not only do we shape the arrow, we sharpen the arrow. The scripture tells us in Proverbs 22, 6, to train up a child in the way he should go. When he's old, he will not depart from it. There are two ways that we train up. A child, the first one is we train them to pursue God. We establish habits in their life that they can take with them the rest of their life. I want you to look right here at me. If you've got a child that's third grade or above, a child, you need to walk out of this service as soon as possible, get to our children's ministry site and say, I need the foundations book for my child. It parallels the Bible reading plan that we do as adults. If you're not doing the Bible reading plan, you need to be doing the Bible reading plan before you look at your child and say, you need to be doing this. Right? Again, you're going to be a warrior? And so how does that look? Because if you go over, and by the way, there's going to be a waiting list because we gave away just about all we had Wednesday night from parents going over and picking them up. If your child went to camp, they already have this book. It was part of our camp. These are $15 books. They're free to you if you'll use them. And using them does not look like going home and going, hey, I got you this book. Using them looks like this. Hey, dad's about to do his Bible reading plan. Why don't you go grab your book and sit down with me? Mom's about to do her Bible reading plan. Why don't you grab your book and sit down with me? That's what a warrior looks like. The second way, though, we sharpen the arrow is that we are responsible for releasing our child into this world the way God created them to be. Look right here at me. I'm going to talk to the dads for a second because this was a struggle for me. I think it's a struggle for everybody, moms included, but this is my struggle. I have certain things that I like. Certain things that I love. And I tried to put my kids into the mold of the things that I liked and loved rather than trying to discover what God created them to like and love. And here's what happens. When you try to make your child into another you, which God never called you to do, he doesn't need another you. He wants you to create and shape that child and sharpen that child into what he called them to be, not what you want them to be. But here's what happens. You create another mini you. Your child gets frustrated and you get frustrated. I had interests that my kids weren't interested in. And I tried to push them. Right? You may, you may love athletics. And God may have given you a kid. An arrow that wasn't athletic. 
And when you try to make it athletic, you get frustrated and they get frustrated. There are kids playing sports out there right now that if they were honest with you, would tell you they hate what they do, but you're you're pressuring them up to do it. Maybe God didn't create them to be an athlete. We don't need another you, right? Our job is to discover what God created our children to be. God gave your child specific talents, interests, and skills. Our job, sharpen them. Don't remake them. Last point, warriors shoot arrows. Warriors shoot arrows. We shape, sharpen, and shoot. Close your Bibles. Could be a whole lot of people here. And you're, you're in the shaping stage of life. It's tough. You get that bent arrow, man. It is tough. It is slow. There are tears involved, headaches involved, prayers involved, conversations with other parents are involved. It's tough. Sharpening an arrow is tough. Right? We're going to do our spiritual disciplines. I'm trying to figure out what God created you to be and help you be it. And I don't know anything about what God made you interested in. But the one that gets us, no matter where we are with the others, is releasing them. Arrows were not made to be collected. We're not trying to see how many we can get in our quiver and keep in our quiver. An arrow exists to be shot and released. And it's tough. Watch this. And the more you love those arrows, the more difficult it is to let go. But you were created to be a warrior. And arrows were created to be released. Would you bow your heads with me? I want to ask you, of the three roles that we talked about, the child, the mate, and the parent, and those foundations and those responsibilities, where are you? And you say, Pastor, my life's all mixed up. I had a man come to us after the last service, and he said, man, I didn't even meet Jesus till my kids were grown. What in the world do I do? Well, you're still a parent. You just keep pursuing Jesus. And maybe you got married and then you met Jesus. And maybe you got married and had kids and then you met Jesus. Here's what I'd tell you. This comes down to us being honest with each other and going, here's where I need help and here's where I'm struggling. And, and, And so as you look at those roles of shaping, sharpening, and shooting... Maybe you're a young parent and your three-year-old's making you pull your hair out. And you just need somebody to pray with you because you're thinking, man, how am I ever going to get this arrow shaped into what it's supposed to be? Or maybe you're looking at those preteens and early teens and you're trying to sharpen those arrows and you don't even understand the language they're using. And maybe you're looking at a college kid getting ready to leave or a kid that's taking a job across country. And you've poured everything you could pour into those kids. And it's time to let go. And if you are honest, it's breaking your heart. Man, let us pray with you today. Let us pray with you today. Band's going to play. You do what God has brought you here to do. Father, thank you so much for our time together. I pray that you'd let us just be real. and Give us the humility to do what you've called us to do. Father, let us be honest. 
Father, let us be willing to go to war together. We ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hey, thanks for joining us at The Road. If you'd like more information about things going on at Choctaw Road Baptist Church, visit us at theroad.tv or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash theroadcrbc. Have a great week.